The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Welcome to More Than Amused podcast, a podcast all about women and the arts, hosted by Stani and Sadie. Join us as we explore what it's like being a female artist, examine modern-day problems, and educate ourselves and you on important and forgotten female artists of the past. Hello, everyone. Welcome to More Than Amused podcast. My name is Sadie. And I'm Stani. And happy Monday. Happy Monday. Welcome Today we are talking about not being like other girls and for the occasion I decided to be just like other girls and I'm wearing my Taylor Swift t-shirt. Oh, that felt nice. like the right uniform to show up for this episode today as a um, retired not like other girls type of girl. Agreed. I mean I'm not wearing a Taylor Swift t-shirt but we do look like we're matching right now. We kind of yeah wow look <laughs> yeah. at us. It was a day for beige. It was a day for beige. I feel like our hair is... Also, the closest in color it's maybe ever been. I know, which is kind of crazy because I'm actually due for a color appointment, but mine looks darker right now than it usually does. I am very due for a color appointment and just have not done that and think we're just going to see how long we... Yeah, we'll just That's see. Fair. Anyways. I mean, it's funny that we look similar for an episode about not being like other girls. How much do you relate to this? Listeners, maybe you've said this before, but personally, growing up as a teenager, the best compliment a man could give me was that I was not like other girls. Mm -hmm. That's gross. I've become a better person now, I promise, because I want to be like other girls. Girls are cool. They but, are. But as a teenager, it was the worst thing to be called. A girl. I feel like there are some parts of it that I relate to a lot and then other parts of it that I was just like, what? That's fair. <laughs> and I think that that was probably a very common experience for a lot of people. Like, I remember my favorite color was, like, always pink. And I remember so many girls being like, oh, no, my favorite color is blue. And so it was weird. Like yeah, for me to be like, well, I like pink. Like, <laughs> I think pink's cute. Yeah, and have that be, like, the not like a other thing. girls where it's like, I liked Barbies. I liked pink. I liked Disney yeah. princess movies you know like that was the part that was kind of weird is that everyone else was saying that they didn't and it's been a weird thing as an adult when like Barbie movies come up on TikTok clips and everyone knows the words too I'm just yeah. like you you're just like me from Princess and the Popper and I'm like we were all watching this why was we everyone lying it. to me yeah you know what you're so valid for that and I hope you're getting your vindication that you <laughs> yeah. you deserve as an mm -hmm. adult I think for me I very much was a girly person but I was just like very embarrassed about it yeah like it was like my shame that I just wanted to listen to Taylor Swift and that was like something I was like ashamed yeah. of. I, was like, I wish I was cool and interesting. <laughs> Boring. You can be so cool and interesting and only listen to Taylor Swift and yeah. watch the Barbie movies in your free time. No, and it was weird being a girl who like, I don't know. It was like I loved reading. I did so much of reading and then people oh, yeah. would be like, oh, girls that are like pink and girly things don't read a lot. And I was like... <laughs> What? I'm like, I'm sitting over here reading romance novels. <laughs> like, like, no, we love reading. I promise you. <laughs> and then also, I did have a lot of friends that were guys, especially when I was younger. 
and I think in large part it was because I knew how to get along with boys really well because I had mm-hmm. three brothers. Ah, uh, that makes sense. So I didn't have anything against girls, but like my best friend moved away, my next door neighbor and like best friend from childhood. Mm-hmm. She moved away when I was in first grade. And so the kids that I knew were like friends from church and like other yeah. stuff. And they were boys for the most part. So remember my best friends were boys for quite a while until I switched schools again. And that always made me feel weird because I wasn't like trying yeah. To, you know what I mean? Like, even saying the word, like, I got along really well with boys makes me feel You're like, icky. like, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like, but it's true. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, honestly, same, but I was the worst. And I was the kind of person who was like, oh my gosh, if I get married, I'm just going to have boys as my bridesmaids because I don't have <laughs> girlfriends. Gag me with a spoon. Like that yeah. is so embarrassing. But on the flip side of that, I will say that the biggest joy of my adulthood has been learning the value of women friendships. Yes, and we've talked about this. Yeah, and unlearning yeah. the bad behavior and then just like, yeah, realizing like all the best people in my corner are are women and it's yeah it's the best so yeah no, I remember like just desperately desperately wanting like a large group of female friends for like most of my childhood and even early adulthood just being like seeing groups of girls and be like yeah. ah, I'm jealous like that seems so nice but it wasn't really ever a thing and now I've got like a lot of good female friends mm-hmm. But yeah, I just, it's funny to think about like how desperately I wanted something that so many people were like fighting against. (laughs) Well, today with the Not Like Other Girls, we're going to talk about it through the lens of Paramore's misery business. Yes. Because I think what's happened with that song, first with the existing of the song, and then all the conversations around that song to where we are now, I think it does a really good job of showing, you know, where we were in the 2010s to then how we were like oh crap this is bad yeah but then at the same time like misogynistically like piling on Haley Williams for it you'll obviously talk about it a lot more but I think it just it really shows the arc that we've made mm-hmm. as a culture yeah not like other girls and I think even like Haley Williams comments about it throughout time like yeah. shows her growth with the situation and and kind of how it changed for her and yet how many things it inspired and like how many things like spiraled off it's a really interesting phenomenon yeah honestly <laughs> and that's why they kind of perfectly go together in their own toxic little 2000s way I know. We haven't talked about Paramore either on the No, podcast. we haven't. We have a Riot Girl episode if you want to mm. check out like the early relationship with women in the pop punk scene. That one's really fun. We also have another episode on female film tropes that we'll oh, probably yeah. reference a lot with like the cool girl, the manic pixie dream girl, which is kind of offshoots of the not like other girl just in a more tropey it's just like, TV. Yeah, day. not like other girls in different fonts, basically. Yeah, <laughs> literally. So you can check out both of those if you want like a little more context in either of those areas. And this is kind of like the perfect little Venn diagram overlap between the of two. both of those episodes. <laughs> yeah. Very true. Yeah. Well, first off, we can talk a little bit about Haley Williams. She actually was discovered and was supposed to be marketed as like an Avril Lavigne pop princess which is funny because I don't think I've ever looked at Avril Lavigne and been like pop I always kind of viewed her more as punk like I thought they were very similar but apparently that was like 
That's a hot take. <laughs> yeah, like that was not what they wanted at all. Interesting. Because the executives wanted to market her that way and have her be like a solo artist and sing the kind of music that Avril Lavigne was singing and be that kind of figure because she was really popular at the time. Mm-hmm. And Haley Williams didn't want to. She had had some writing sessions with a band in their basement. They had written a song and she wanted to do that instead. She actually, there was an interview with one of the band's executives, Steve Robertson, and he said she wanted to make sure that we didn't look at her as some straight to top 40 pop princess. She mm-hmm. wanted to make sure that she and her band got the chance to show what they can do as a rock band writing their own songs. Which I don't think is like a horrible thing, but it's just funny that it immediately had to have her pitted against another yeah. woman. Yeah, like within the industry, she was already yeah. being compared before she even started, basically. Yes, and like she had to actively fight against that, and that definitely comes up more. So they formed Paramore in Franklin, Tennessee in 2004, and the band currently consists of Haley Williams, the guitarist Taylor York, and the drummer Zach Farrow, but... William and Farrow are founding members. York came later. He was a high school friend of the original lineup and joined in 2007. They've been through a million changes, which we'll talk about later as well. But they were formed, like I said, in 2004. And Haley Williams is actually the only member who appears on all six of their studio albums. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so she's the only consistent member. Definitely, I mean, the singer, the face <laughs> of it, I think. She's yeah. the most recognizable member. Definitely. Of Paramore. They got their biggest break actually performing at Warp Tour, which, does Warp uh, Tour yeah. still happen? I don't, I don't think so. Like, I don't think it's a thing anymore. But <laughs> I it wasn't exactly the target demographic for Warp Tour, so I didn't either. personally go, but I don't think it's a thing anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was basically just like an emo punk festival. And she was like, if not the only one of the very few women who ever performed there throughout the course of it. Which is amazing. Yeah, a huge feat. But that, of course, came with its own challenges. She dealt with a lot of misogyny behind the scenes from different band players. I heard a clip that said, like, one band member even claimed that she was his daughter on stage. It's like a Ew. joking thing and then, like, made a weird comment about it, which is just So gross. very condescending. And they also like kind of made fun of the whole band in general because Paramore had like a very Christian background, which is kind of funny to think about. Yeah, I didn't know that. (laughs) Yeah. And they were also really young, so they didn't drink, they didn't swear. There's really wholesome, cute little teenagers. Like, they literally were just there to sing their music, and that made them very different from the other bands. So it made them stand out a lot. And I think a lot of the pop punk singers or emo punk singers, I should say, were just Mm -hmm. really upset about that. But because of their performances with Warped Tour, they were actually voted Best New Band, beating out Panic at the Disco at the time. Then in 2007, they started working with outside songwriters because the label wanted them to try and expand their writing talents. But they just said they didn't like a lot of the co-writes. Paramore had like a very specific sound that they thought Mm. worked best when they were together and that they didn't enjoy writing with other people. And so I don't think any of those ever came to fruition. And that's where songs like That's What You Get, which I love that song. I love that song, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Fences and Born For This came out. Kind of continuing the like 
Haley Williams versus Avril Lavigne arc. She actually wrote the song Crush, Crush, Crush to be the antithesis of Avril Lavigne's girlfriend. Like the, hey, oh, hey, you, I don't like, I your, don't girlfriend. like your girlfriend. Yep. <laughs> Williams talked about the song saying that like crushes weren't always like cute and poppy and fun, that they could be dark and miserable oh. and awful. And she wanted to show that side. And she also made a lot of comments about the fact that her music was written by an actual teenage girl unlike many other artists who had teams of people attempting to write music for teenage girls. Wow. That is brutal of Haley Williams. I think, I mean, that's probably what made people like Paramore and Taylor Swift stick is the fact that they were teenage girls writing about teenage girls as opposed to like people pretending to be teenage girls. But like, damn, you don't got to go for Avril like that, <laughs> right? I was yeah. like, oof. Like, oh, that, that stings me. <laughs> yeah, she even had a full quote about it that said, people tend not to believe bands who have young girl singers because there are so many out there who are singing songs written by 42-year-old record producers. But we're not like that. We make music that comes from the heart. I mean, that's that's probably what made Paramore Paramore, though. So <laughs> Yeah, like, I'm like, it's a valid that. take, but at the same time, like, everyone's been a teenager. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, I do think that you can be older and write about the teenage experience. That's true, but also, maybe you shouldn't sometimes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, because, you know, sometimes I catch myself even just, like, I'm a songwriter and I write about things, but you write your best songs, I think, when you are closer to the emotions. Mm -hmm. Maybe. I don't know. No, that makes sense. I'm all for like people writing their own music, but I'm also like, maybe people don't have that talent. That's true. You know what? That is a good point because I, that's something I do get annoyed with people being like others, like professional songwriters just wrote that. And I'm like, why are we criticizing the fact that professional good songwriters wrote something? Yeah. That's kind of a, you know boring so I like I kind of I get what she's saying but at the same time I'm like "Mm, I don't think that's a completely fair valid point yeah Yeah, because I'm like sometimes people really love to sing but they just can't write and even the fact that Taylor Swift's gotten so much criticism for co-writing yeah Mm -hmm. when it's like why does that make it less valid I mean even looking at Beyonce because if you look at all of Beyonce's writing credits I think we've talked about this we did a whole Beyonce episode actually Mm -hmm. and that was a major thing we talked about where she gets a lot of criticism because she has a lot of writers but it's like hey you know if, if it's a good song it doesn't matter how many people were on it and it doesn't take away from the artist's you know, the artist talent, and it also doesn't take away from, I don't know, the other songs. Yeah. We Sometimes don't have to have that. It takes yeah. like a whole lot of people to make the creative direction you want. Yeah, and that's okay. Work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you can't that's do true. everything. So, yeah, I like get what she's saying. I kind of understand the criticism, especially at the time with like totally. early Britney songs being written. Oh, yeah. Even though she did end up writing later, we have a Britney Spears episode too. Oh, wow, <laughs> look at us. We've covered everything yeah. now. <laughs> but just like, I don't know. The throwing that out in interviews so often, it does come across as a little. I will say something. It is a little weird if there's like a 42-year-old man like writing like a sexy song and says, "Hey teenage girls, sing this." Like, it's gross. That is that is, that is gross. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah. <laughs> no, I agree. <laughs> so like good point Haley Williams, but there's asterisks with other things that yeah. <laughs> need to be considered. Anyway, obviously their most popular song is Misery Business. I think it's really funny. The original working title was Mexico because the song starts out with a mariachi band. Yeah, I didn't know I this love. either. Yeah. yeah, if you listen to it again, like pull it up, listen to the song, you can hear it. Uh-huh. And it was super crazy for a punk song to do something like that. And I love it. I think that's part of the reason why it's so popular is not really the 
lyrics. It's the music itself, like the guitar riffs and everything else. I will be so honest that for the first couple of years that I knew about this song, I didn't know what it was about. So when people were like, oh, it's problematic. I don't know. All I knew is I go crazy when I hear it at the middle school dance. Like that's yep. <laughs> that's enough for me. And we can give some credit there to that mariachi band being in a punk mm. song because that's pretty cool. Yep. Let's talk about misery business, shall we? And the controversy surrounding it. So song was inspired by a situation from when Williams was 14 years old, which you know what? Yep, teenage girl writing about teenage girl's experiences. And when you're a teenage girl writing about your own experiences in the moment, there's no older and wiser lens that you get to look through things. No. We're all dumb when we're 14. The 14-year-old girl mind still terrifies me, and I existed in it. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm terrified I'm of the 14-year-old version of me. Like, <laughs> yeah. she was a menace. She was rude. <laughs> I love her. I appreciate her. I understand what she was going through, but a menace. Yeah, completely agree. It's a, it's a scary time to be a girl when you're 14. Yeah, and I had every right to be a menace, but you mm-hmm. know, ooh, I, yes, I agree. Anyways, so... It was with a girl who used her sexuality to reach out to a guy I really love. She completely destroyed him. I hated that girl, though I'm not usually that extreme. Yeah, good for her. Misery Business actually was off of their sophomore album, Riot, which is considered their big breakthrough hit. It actually reached number 26 on the Billboard Hot 100, and it's still one of their biggest songs to this day. And I think I read somewhere it actually got to 17 in the UK. Oh, cool. Yeah, so it was even more popular there. I didn't know that. Um, And at the same time, though, the song has drawn quite controversy because of the internalized misogyny just (laughs) sprinkled everywhere throughout that song. Yeah. Most of the criticism focuses on a line, which the lyric is, once a whore, you're nothing more. I'm sorry, that'll never change. Uh, It just oozes 14-year-old girl. Like, it really, I really sympathize with it, to be honest. (laughs) Like, Oh my gosh. Okay. (laughs) But because of the derogatory term, slut shaming, and how it reinforces the reduction of women down to that label permanently. I'm sorry that they'll never change. (laughs) This is just a side point here. Let's talk about Banning of the Disco because they've been able to use that word without a problem. I don't feel like the same conversation really exist for Panic at the Disco. Granted, I will say that nowadays, I think people are being a little bit more vocal about how Brandon Urie like, uh, has some Yeah, issues. but most of the criticisms around him rather than this song and that phrase, which is so weird considering True. they came out right around the same time. And even with all of the pushback with Paramore, like I've never heard anyone complain about this lyric from Panic. That is a really good point because yeah. in the 2005 song, I Write Sins Not Tragedies, the poor groom's bride is a whore. Ay, ay, ay. The 2000s, man, what a time. Although I will say, every time I go to sing the song, the TikTok trend where it's like the poor groom's bride is a watermelon. Have you heard I don't that? know that TikTok trend. What? They mixed this song with Watermelon Sugar by Harry Styles. And so instead of saying whore, it says the poor groom's bride is a watermelon. I don't know how I missed that. On I'll my have to for you send page. you one. I'll see if I can find it. It happened months ago. It's not happening anymore. But like okay. every time I think about that, I think about them changing the phrase. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. But anyways, Paramore got a lot of pushback for their use of the word whore in the hit song. What I thought was interesting is she also got a lot of pushback for using the Lord's name in vain during the song. And she actually apologized 
for that. But at the same time, she was accused of being too puritanical for calling someone a whore. What? So it's like, you're not religious enough because you use the Lord names in vain, but, but you're, you're too, too religious, religious because you called someone a whore. It doesn't make sense. But you know what? The way that people criticize women doesn't usually make yeah. sense. So at least that's consistent. But at the same time, Misery Business remained their crowning song and always was their closing song, continuing to be the most popular and well-known hit despite other releases and despite its controversy. So like you mentioned, Haley Williams has had a lot to say about the song and about the line. Williams, at the time that this interview is she was 17 and she said that she initially had reservations about that line according to the producer named david bendith who explained in a 2017 billboard interview how he encouraged williams to include the problematic line williams said i just don't think it's right i think morally it's wrong to call someone that and he said you're not calling somebody that you're explaining the situation i i mean i guess i feel like that's a strange yeah and then she said okay i'm gonna sing it i'm not gonna like it but i'm gonna sing it and then she has since vocalized just how much she doesn't like that line in interviews and she's even refrained from singing that offensive line in some performances which is crazy is with the release of riot the band went through a lot of controversies with canceled shows band turnover and more and the press centered around blaming Haley due to her being a woman more press trained and rare in the scene they start pushing her to the front of all promotion with Haley then wearing a t-shirt that said Paramore is a band to many of their shows to try and remind people that she wasn't a solo act. Which probably didn't help a lot of the problems that were happening. Yeah, that's very at true. At the time. We won't get into like the whole band breakups and getting back together mm -hmm. and everything, especially because like, I don't know all the reasons. I've been a pretty passive fan mm -hmm. of Paramore, to be honest. I love Paramore. I think Haley Williams is the coolest person ever, but you know, it's more passive. It's not. Yeah. I no, I agree. I did see one thing about one of the band members, like Haley brought a lyric talking about how like, the truth didn't set her free so she did it herself oh. and he was like really offended by that because it goes directly against scripture that talks about how like the oh. truth will set you free and so they just didn't like where a lot of her lyrics were headed and i'm sure a lot of this controversy didn't help because even though they were all okay with misery business when they released it then getting a bunch of backlash for yeah certain lyrics and being especially from, like other religious people yeah so, like I said, they were really religious. So that's I why had I had no left. idea that, yeah, they had that Christian background. But talking a little bit more about why that line in that song is so controversial, uh, the speaker in the song criticizes her love interest, X, which <laughs> later was revealed that the song is about former bandmate Josh Farrow's ex-girlfriend. Mm. It uses sexist language and ideas with the music video <laughs> buying into even more of the same misogyny uh, yeah. with its <laughs> depiction of the villain or the, the whore. I honestly hadn't ever watched the music video and I did right before we recorded because I, I felt like that was a necessary thing to see before recording this episode and whoa. <laughs> it's something. That, I mean, she has great boobs, so, like, good for her. That's nothing to be ashamed of. No. Go, go, you, anyways. It's I was weird, I was, but that's always thrown into the... Big boobs. Anyways. Yeah. Listen, you can't control that. No. Some things nature just gives you. <laughs> anyways. But Williams said in 2017, she said, the problem with the lyrics is not that I had an issue with someone I went to school with. That's just high school and friendships and breakups. It's the way I tried to call her out using words that didn't belong in the conversation. It's the fact that the story was set up inside the context of a competition that didn't exist over some fantasy romance. Other lines that are included in the song that says, there's a million other girls who do it just like you 
looking at innocent as possible to get to who they want and what they like. It's easy if you do it right. Well, I refuse. In which the speaker, Haley, brands herself as not like other girls and condemning other women's behavior. I really, really love this quote. It's so good. It's so (sighs) good. And it's what I couldn't have known at the time was that I was feeding into a lie that I'd bought into just like so many other teenagers and many adults before me. The whole I'm not like other girls thing, this cool girl religion, what even is that? Who are the gatekeepers of cool anyway? Are they all men? Are they women that we've put on top of an unreachable pedestal? Mm-hmm. Which couldn't say any better, Haley. Like, I, I really love that quote because it's true. Like, why have we decided that certain things are cool for girls to do? And actually, I think that it does seem to be what men decide a lot of the time. Yeah. Which, why, why do men get to decide what I, as a woman, want to do? They like, shouldn't. I mean, <laughs> yeah. That's not even a point. Like, you know, I feel like sometimes like we say things, it's not a hot take we're making. It's just, it's just right. It's just true. Like, it's mm-hmm. silly. Yeah. Just like women shouldn't be able to decide what's cool for men to do. Like, yeah. I think, and it's not even like a men or woman thing. It's just an individual thing. Like, if you want to do it, then go do, do it. it like if that's yeah. what you enjoy then that's why you should and anyone do. who puts you down for the things you want to do like they suck not yeah. you You're not uncool they're uncool i completely agree in 2018 they actually made the decision to retire the song from their set list and it was in a show actually in nashville that she announced that this was going to be the last time playing the song for a really long time that it was a choice that they made because we feel that we should we feel like it's time just to move away from it for a little while and then what i thought was crazy i didn't I wasn't aware of this when it was happening, but Spotify created a women in rock playlist in 2020 and they included misery business in the song. And she actually posted a message on her Instagram stories saying, I know it's one of the band's biggest songs, but it shouldn't be used to promote anything having to do with female empowerment or solidarity. I'm so proud of Paramore's career. It's not about shame. It's about growth and progression. And though it'll always be a fan favorite, we don't have to include it on a new playlist in 2020, which I think that is really awesome of her Mm. to call out Spotify like, hey, I'm not ashamed of my history. I'm not ashamed of what I've done. But like, let's be honest, it's not consistent with what my messaging is anymore. And it's not consistent with the whole purpose of what the playlist was to have been. To empower women in rock. And then it's like... You whore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, uh. I'm like, hmm, interesting. But after four years of not playing it, Billie Eilish brought Paramore out on stage to sing Misery Business, but skipped over the word, which I think is great. One other thing she said about it is it shouldn't be about me. People grow and learn. I've already called myself out and done a lot of work on the misogyny I metabolized as a young girl. Only now that we felt lighter about the band, I don't feel defined by the song. And they now sing it at concerts, but she introduces the song now by saying this song is about misogyny, which which I I think. Yeah, like that's yeah. so cool. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really great. I saw a video of the first time they sang it again as a band after mm-hmm. the Billie Eilish performance. And she gave like a whole speech about like how she's grown and how things change over time. And the song doesn't mean the same thing that it did to her. And yet she knows it's so popular. And so she's going to sing it like, mm-hmm. you know, with a lot of like context for everything, because I think she does feel weird about the fact that that's still their most popular 
entire song, even though she doesn't agree with the message of it anymore. I mean, honestly, is I'm sure an awkward thing of being a artist who grows up in the spotlight. People change, and it is a weird thing to like publicly put something out, and you don't know where you're gonna be years from now. Like how much your personality or your personal beliefs even can change. Yeah, like, it's a bold thing to put it out in general. So I guess it sucks that it's like the thing that you're like, no. I'm sorry about that is, Mm -hmm. you know, like I said, the most popular. So for today for spotlights, I'm actually going to be shouting out someone that was shared with us via our Instagram story. We were asking people what their favorite artists were to follow on Instagram. And this person is Irene Perez. And that's just Irene Perez art. She's located in Madrid. And I don't even necessarily like know how to their paintings they're absolutely stunning we've talked about this having a podcast and talking about visual art is it's nonsense i (laughs) i can't i can never do it justice no you're good do you want me to describe it with some art words thank you my (laughs) our artist in residence i would say it's a leaning on like surrealism and it reminds me a lot of like mc usher they even have like the staircase you remember did you ever see that print in math class where like the staircases go into themselves yes uh that's mc usher oh very reminiscent of that it's very beautiful yeah they're really cool so yeah 1000 percent recommend checking her out it's irene prez art and also like she has a lot of instagram reels that show the process of it and i always love those because you can like see how it starts and how you know becomes what it eventually does it always like freaks me out those ones too because they'll like do like a dash across the canvas and I'll be like, no, it's ruined. And then it I ends know. up like making it even better. It blows I'm my not mind. a visual artist, so it doesn't, I don't get it, but it's beautiful. So go it's check her so out. cool. Okay. I found an artist this week and I actually bought a print. Cool. I'm really excited about it because like I keep saying I'm going to and I keep trying to and then I just have this empty frame that's been sitting in my living room for literally yeah. a year and a half <laughs> and finally nice. this week I was like this is embarrassing I just need to put something in the frame and stop uh-huh. thinking so hard about it and so I went on to Etsy and I found this artist her name is Lisa Finch but her Instagram username is French Canvas. And her Etsy shop is actually French Canvas Studio. It's like her personal account, so she has a bunch of other stuff, but it's mixed in with her prints. And they are just beautiful. They're like whimsical and just pretty. Like she has one, the water garden. It's this woman floating on a pool floaty in like a koi pond or the dance of the fiddler crab. And it's like a bunch of crabs and bubbles with a girl on a beach in one of those like little tents. Which one did you get? I got one called Bird Watcher. It's this woman with binoculars and she's like looking to the side and then there's like all of these birds around her, like a flamingo, an emu, a pelican, and they're like with a bunch of greenery. There's one called Songbirds with a girl at a piano with all the birds around her and I love that one. And there's a portrait of, um, of <gasps> Julie, it's Julie, Julie Andrews, Andrews in the background. Seven. Yeah, oh, I was, now I want this print. I was extremely tempted by that one as well, but I the print I have is just a very specific orientation and size, and so I just needed oh, yeah. something that like really worked. But she also just has like a lot of ones with animals. Like there's a breakfast or the Sunday paper where she's like eating breakfast in bed, reading the paper, and there's like five million dogs all over the bed. Adorable. <laughs> and it's just cute. Like they're so fun or like the bubble bath and it's a lady in the bath with like five dogs 
No, they're yeah, cute. Amazing. Just like whimsical little paintings. But what was even greater is she has very specific sizes on her Etsy shop and her prices are like really decent. Like oh, for yeah. a 16 by 20, it's only $75. Wow. Mm-hmm. But because I had like such a specific size, I actually messaged her and was like, hey, is there any way I could get it like printed in this size? And she did like she messaged right back and was like, yeah, totally. Like I'll create a custom listing for you. And she's getting it printed in the specific size for my frame. That's amazing. Yeah. So highly, highly recommend. She's wonderful. She has like a million great reviews. And I think it's just fun, whimsical, feminine art. Yeah. The one with the Julie Andrews. I'm like, oh, no, I I need that. That is a need. I'm sorry. (laughs) I Yeah. Especially because it's called Songbirds. Like, yeah, that's you, adorable. You need to have that one. Cool. Well, but thank yeah. you for sharing this amazing artist. Of I'm course. Obsessed. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. What I kind of wanted to get into now is the fact that, like, this wasn't, like, a Haley Williams only thing. Like, Haley Williams is not the problem of the early 2000s. No, and it was so abundant that, like, it makes perfect sense why that song first was written and second was so popular. Mm -hmm. And she didn't create the phenomenon. (laughs) It's not her fault. Like we talked about before, she'd been placed by herself, by the label, by her fans, in direct opposition to Avril Lavigne, just like Avril Lavigne had been placed in direct opposition to Britney and how it continues like the bad blood between girls in general especially like girl celebrities yeah I think in very recently about the whole Haley Selena situation yeah I mean we think that we moved past that because I think the last like really big one was Taylor Swift versus Katy Perry oh yeah and then they very publicly said hey we buried all bad blood (laughs) and we're friends and then this something happened with Sabrina Carpenter and oh yeah Olivia Rodrigo even though all of her songs were about Josh and not Olivia (laughs) yeah I actually we'll talk talk about it later Mm -hmm. but I think she did a really good job of being like yeah there was another girl but you suck not her but it's just like we haven't matured that much we keep calling for it that endless cycle of having to relearn lessons over and over again for every generation (laughs) anyway but there was a lot of like memes that were very abundant during the early 2000s about like not being like other girls i'll post a bunch of them but i put them in the doc just for us but like the one that's like get a girl who can do both and it has like a picture of cara delavine like all dressed up and then it has her in like a hot dog suit or another of a girl with scrubs and another with like a mini dress yeah and the funniest part under that is someone commented what change clothes because yes. literally that's all it is she just changed her clothes and that's what all of them were or, or like that there are two types of girls i wear converse and you wear high heels which yeah. you know obviously i'm a tailor girl but she wears high heels i wear sneakers yep. she's your captain i'm on the bleachers, bleachers. bit of a pick me anthem it's all good or there's so many about halloween where it's like there's oh two type girls the ones who dress up slutty for halloween and the ones who dress up like a piece of pizza 
it's like the mean girls where she like comes in fully in her vampire yeah exactly and she doesn't get it i know another early 2000s reference there's also the very popular other girls versus me other girls yeah. they have big boobs and a tan and they wear makeup and i am natural and have real boobs i'm not orange i'm yeah yeah it's just like weird ideas and that's where a lot of also in media we talk about like the cool girl the mm-hmm. manic pixie dream girl like the weird girl all this stuff was coming up where we're like categorizing people into boxes in order to prove that they're not like the general girl when it's like if you're doing that much categorization who even is this general moss population of other girls that everyone's talking about yeah and i think that almost like being a girly girl was almost like synonymous with being a mean girl yeah like if you look at all like the mean girl characters from the rom-coms they're very pink they're usually blonde. They talk in high-pitched voices. They giggle. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. I'm thinking about Mean Girls in particular, like Regina George and the Plastics. Like, they're girly girls, and they were the villains. Not because they were girly girls, but they were, I mean, they yeah. were not great people, those characters. But, <laughs> no. you know. Yeah, I even think of, like, we talk so much about this movie, but I, it's just a perfect antithesis to so many of these stereotypes. I love it so much. Legally Blonde. Oh, yeah. How, like, uh-huh. they made the girly blonde girl, like, the he- heroine of the movie, and then, like, the smart... Oh, pretty and like, smart. Chrissy girl is, like, her antithesis, you know, with, like, the Marilyn and Jackie of it all. Yeah. You yeah. know? Uh-huh. <laughs> and and how they're able to kind of overcome that and become friends. It's just something that needed to happen a lot more in media and frequently didn't. Something that people are asking about, if you're in the Taylor Swift universe at all, you know that she's putting out Speak Now, Taylor's version in the next couple months. And Taylor Swift herself has a song pretty similar. It wasn't as big as Misery Business, but it was called Better Than Revenge. Has a has a similar line of she's not a saint and she's not what she thinks. She's an actress and she's better known for the things that she does on the mattress. Whoa! <laughs> and, and people wonder, like, is she going to change it? Is she going to, like, say something publicly about it? I've seen people say, like, she shouldn't change it because she's not rewriting history. Like, if she's really going to do her re-recordings, part of it is, like, owning all the bad parts that you mm-hmm. did. And I think it's similar to Haley Williams. With now as an adult, you can look back and be like, okay, this song's about misogyny. It's not about that girl that I hated so yeah. much as a 19-year-old. I'm personally curious to see what she does with that i know i kind of don't want her to change it yeah because it is rewriting history like yeah and it did i jam out hard to that song i listen i feel so guilty for how much i personally loved that song at one time and actually personal story so yeah i had a boyfriend who talked to a girl in my relationship And whose fault was it? I made it the girl's fault. It wasn't the girl's fault, but I Mm -hmm. made it. So I would listen to that song over and over and over again and be like, oh, that girl sucks. She's ruining my life. She ruined my boyfriend. Me and my best friend, we definitely were like, I have to get that girl. I mean, we didn't like do anything. We didn't like bully her. But like in my heart, I was like, Ugh. but then when it was like really common to be like DM for a truth is on Twitter or whatever, like she liked my tweet and I definitely was like, hey, I'm sorry. Like you did nothing wrong. <laughs> and so it was kind of like a good full circle moment mm-hmm. where I was like able to be like, hey, I didn't like you because of what happened. And 
I should not have not liked you. Like that was really bad of me. And now me and her will always like comment on each other's tweets and Instagram things. So it's like a good like full circle moment of like relating to better than revenge growing up and being like, wow, that poor girl, like she did not know anything. And then now we're each other's cheerleaders on social media. So there we go, man poor girl it happens it well happens. i think everyone's had it happen because like i even remember feeling yeah. pitted against other girls in situations where i was like what the heck like, yeah <laughs> i did not ask for this and i think that's kind of why i don't want her to rewrite it because i think it is such a female experience yeah. it doesn't mean it's a good one but i don't think necessarily all music has to be about perfect points of view no, that's true. I mean, you're yeah. saying it from your perspective. You're not saying I'm right. Yeah, like you can listen to the song and sing the song. Like like Haley Williams says, it's about misogyny. It's about yeah. realizing like now that when you felt that way, it was because you like, had that was so many problems. Yeah. yeah, like so much internalized misogyny that society told you to think that way. True. But it's still, it's how you felt. It doesn't change it. (laughs) Nope, that's very true. I think one of the reasons why the whole not like other girls happened and continues to happen is because it's a way that people try to express that a girl or a woman has like a unique talent and ability you find admirable. Like you're trying to give them a compliment, Mm -hmm. but by framing it in the like, you're funny for a girl or you don't throw like a girl or you're smart for a girl which shout out to bad broadcast because she has merch that literally says that i have her funny for a girl t-shirt love it yeah but by saying those things you continue the harmful stereotypes that women aren't inherently bad at things and that girl is an outlier because she's good at it yeah (laughs) and even the idea of like calling her one of the guys means that in order to compliment her you have to strip her of all of her feminine identity in order to say that she's worth something and I think that that's what creates the idea of you thinking you're not like other girls or wanting to be not like other girls because you want that praise. So true. Yeah. You continue to want to be seen as like unique and talented and admired, especially by the opposite sex. And yeah, then valid. it continues the pattern of thinking that you need to try harder in order to get approval. No, I think this is the way you worded that where it's like to compliment a woman, you almost have to like strip her of her femininity. And I think think that's really interesting and really yeah. sad and very common even in college it happened mm-hmm. where a lot of the times designs because graphic design for a very long time was extremely male dominated it's about half and half now which is really nice but i had all male professors and oftentimes like they would say that things were too girly or too feminine and it would be like a derogatory term. Yeah. And I remember just thinking in my head, I'm like, well, what's wrong with that? Like, we've talked so much about how, like, women are one of the biggest consumers. Shouldn't everything be a little bit more girly then if women have the buying power? Like by that logic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's just like an interesting thing where it's like, so I have to make my art less feminine, less like my identity that I have in order mm-hmm. to appease to the masses. Another Taylor Swift song that you brought up earlier, like Better Than Revenge. We've got You Belong With Me, which has very similar themes. And also music video has female villains. Very similar (laughs) themes. I think she wears pink. 
the villain does. There's this TikToker that I like. He's a music critic. He's kind of pretentious, but like, I don't know. I like him. And he was going through a Rolling Stones article, I think, that ranked all of Taylor's songs and they had You Belong With Me really high. And he was like, what? You Belong With Me. I get it. It's a classic, but that is the pick me anthem of the ages. And I just... <laughs> It, I giggled. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, sure, musically, it's great. But like, read those lyrics. Like, pick <laughs> me. <laughs> I love that song. It's it's my happy song, to be honest. But... <laughs> He's, he's got a point. That's all. <laughs> no, I completely agree. That's actually funny because I think that the Not Like Other Girls has morphed into the pick me girl phenomenon perfectly. Like, so true. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that like we shouldn't be pick me girls, but like we shouldn't really be calling other people people pick people me pick girls me girls like maybe they just maybe like that's just who they are yeah maybe people just like things mm-hmm. maybe that's it but it's just interesting that we went straight from not like other girls to like this y2k renaissance and now we're all calling everyone a pick me you're like oh you're not really <laughs> like seems kind of pick me i mean we brought up olivia rodrigo too with like the pitting women against women but she did the song good for you which is about two girls and one boy as well just like so many other songs that teeter the edge of mm, misogyny but she had her 2020 twist on it where it blamed it all on the boy for moving on too easily rather than on the girl but actually what's interesting is she actually ended up having to give writing credits to paramore because they sounded really similar which is weird because like i didn't think it was that similar I didn't think so either. I think she like referenced that the song inspired her, but like I personally don't think it's yeah, close enough. I was to like, if it would have had credit. the exact same guitar riffs, then maybe, but like it didn't. No, they were just similar. A lot of people even called it like a call and response between the two, where they're like, oh, it's almost the other girl saying mm-hmm. back. Like I think she did a great job of it though, and I think Olivia I know, Rodrigo is a perfect example of kind of the new generation of that where she's learning from the past mistakes. Yeah. Like even some of her other songs where she's like, she's beautiful. I'm sure she's kind. She's yeah. like the other girl's probably really pretty, but you suck. Yeah. <laughs> A few other things. The Not Like Other Girls and the Pick Me Girl, not a new phenomenon. I actually think it would be cool to look deeper into these ideas. There was like the greaser girl who emerged in the 50s and it makes me think of like motorcycle biker chicks. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I think of Greece, which I'm pretty sure is where a lot of that comes from, which is a response to staunch conflict servantism and then also like the grunge model who rose in the 80s and 90s for like her self-expression and antithesis of societal constructs Mm -hmm. um like there's always a subculture and sometimes it's taken a little bit too far where we start to fight against mainstream culture in order to be seen as different I liked this quote. They said, the crappy reality is that as a girl, you can be made fun of for being too girly or for not being a girly enough. There's no way to win. And it made me think of like Sharpay Evans. <gasps> yeah. Yeah. Who was like extremely girly and got a lot of crap for that versus Mia Thermopolis, who was like the cool girl. Yeah. She had She's like her bushy hair character. and her clunky shoes and glasses but then she got made fun of by the popular girls when, when her she look did change, change. yeah so th- it's like the perfect example of like no matter what you do people are gonna blame you yeah there's nothing there's no winning <laughs> there's no winning some things that i think are recovering along with olivia rodrigo have you heard Haley seinfeld's song most girls yeah it's so cute it's, it's yeah cute. the antithesis to this yeah like it's and i love the music video because it starts out with the guy being like uh, you know like you're just not like other girls 
and then she's like I've got to go <laughs> and then she starts singing about how she's like I want to be like other girls like they're smart they're strong they're beautiful <laughs> yeah <laughs> they work hard go far we are unstoppable and also throughout the whole music video she starts out with like boxing and then she's like dressed up and then she's mm-hmm. like reading a book with like glasses on like she shows all of the different sides definitely an answer of to all this. of it mm-hmm. yeah I think it's really great there's also have you seen Mulan 2 I love Mulan too. Yes. <laughs> they have the song, I Want to Be Like Other Girls. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I always loved that too because it's just cute. It's, it's like, so yeah. cute. There's also been a whole renaissance of the memes that we talked about at the beginning where people are showing old memes and then showing like a new picture where it'll be like yeah. other girls my age and they're like all dressed up and then like me and they're like super punk and then it has a picture that someone's done of the two of them together like being friends listening to music and being friends yeah i yeah. love that and there's so many like that where they'll put the like the blonde girl with the big boobs and the tan next to the mm-hmm. other girl and they'll be like look they both care about their hair and they have interests and they're multifaceted beings because one is not better than the other. They're yeah. just different in their they're, interests. They're different. It's like Sydney Sweeney can be considered one of the hottest women ever. And yet she has a TikTok about working on cars. And that doesn't yeah. mean she's like a cool girl or not like other girls. She's just, that's who she is. Yeah. And she's also just really hot. So <laughs> yeah, true. I <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think it's just something to remember that like women and people and everything were multifaceted. Like none yeah. of us are exactly like other girls in the same way that all of us are exactly like other we like girls. Other girls girls yeah exactly and that's how it works and that's that's all that's that's just how it works that's no need to complicate it well i hope all of you listeners hopefully you are recovered or are recovering pick me girls of the past or not pick me girls not like other girls of the past and pick me girls of the past and pick me girls of the past let's just all do better (laughs) let's just Let's just make sure that we're not falling into the same patterns of before, just with a different name and different packaging. And I think especially as like Speak Now is coming out, as Paramore's touring again, just to remember like, you know, these artists don't feel that way anymore. Promise. (laughs) So it's just important to like look at it through the lens of being like, yeah, that is an emotion that people have. It doesn't mean it's right. I love that. Well, thank you for joining us today for another More Than Amused Monday. We are here every Monday with a new episode. And next week, we'll be talking about a forgotten artist from history. I'm really excited to get the chance to talk about. And yeah, leave us a rating or review and send this episode to your favorite recovering, not like other girls, mm-hmm. girl. And we'll all join together in becoming better. That sounds <laughs> very like, We'll all join hands and... <laughs> we are the Kumbaya. world like, yeah <laughs> also we have an instagram where we post a lot of images and everything there will be a lot of memes this week i'm sure posted. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so come and follow us at more than podcast and we've also got a substack newsletter that goes out weekly um it's just called more muse news and so you can find that link in our instagram bio as well for amazing more 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 museness <laughs> and more yes. than amused so come back next week and we'll see you then see you later bye. bye hey guys it is ryan i'm not sure if you know this about me but i'm a bit of a fun fanatic when i can i like to work but i like fun too it's a thing and now the truth is out there i can tell you about my favorite place to have fun chumba casino they have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week you can play for free anytime anywhere 
and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.